Welcome to another edition of American Bankruptcy Institute Podcast. I'm Sam Giordano, ABI Executive Director. The city of Stockton, California, recently became the largest U.S. city to file for Chapter 9 bankruptcy protection. The city of nearly 300,000 is facing more than $1 billion in debt, declining revenues from an imploding housing market, and carrying steep and unsustainable obligations to retired workers in the form of pensions and benefits. Stockton's petition lists its biggest creditors as the California Public Employees Retirement System, owed nearly $150 million, and various bondholders totaling more than $200 million in debt. Reports are that Stockton plans to impose some of the losses on its bondholders. The city expects pushback from its creditors and has reportedly set aside more than $3 million for the first year of its life in bankruptcy court. With me to discuss what the city and its creditors can expect in the first year is Lynette Warman. She is a partner in the Dallas office of Hunt & Williams, where her practice focuses on corporate reorganizations, out-of-court workouts, and structured financial transactions. Lynette is a member of ABI's executive committee, serving as vice president for publications, and she has been following the Stockton case. Welcome, Lynette, to ABI Podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, obviously, the decision to file for Chapter 9 is not an easy one. Uh, only about half the states even authorize a filing. And in the past uh, 30 years or so, there have been fewer than 50 cases filed. There's a negative stigma to Chapter 9, likely negative effects in accessing the bond markets in the future, uh, and it's expensive. Uh, Vallejo, California recently emerged from Chapter 9 after spending millions of dollars in professional fees and costs. So why do you think Stockton filed for Chapter 9? Well, as you point out, bankruptcy certainly is a two-edged sword. On the one hand, it gives the, the city some breathing room, which apparently it feels like it, it needs to have. On the other hand, there can be some negative future consequences. But as we've seen repeatedly uh, over the last few decades, it is possible for an entity to file a reorganization plan and, and come out to be a stronger entity and perhaps that's what Stockton felt like uh, was the best option for it at this point in time. Obviously, they've been through the mediation. They have reduced their services. They've reduced their budget. But they were unable to make the changes that they really will need to make through a Chapter 9 filing to make the expenses match the reduced revenues that they've been experiencing now for some time. You mentioned uh, mediation, uh, Lynette. Uh, California uh, passed a law uh, after uh, Vallejo filed that now requires cities in the state to go through mediation before they're eligible to file a, a Chapter 9. Uh, Stockton officials have been in these talks officially since February and probably uh, uh, longer uh, before that unofficially. What what effect... Uh, do you think this new law had in the in the in the Stockton case, um, and um, and what effect do you think the mediation law might have going forward? 
Well, it's a little tough to accurately quantify that because the mediation has been confidential without any party really coming forward to talk about what the sticking points were. All we really know for sure at this point is that they were unsuccessful in the mediation. It's possible that there was some progress made during the mediation, but the ultimate agreement could not be reached. And so it's possible that we will ultimately find out that the mediation, at least with some of the parties, was beneficial in setting up some potential settlement terms, which can then be pursued and implemented as part of a bankruptcy plan. On the other hand, we may ultimately learn that they were just at an absolute um, stalemate with all of their creditors in the mediation and that instead of resulting in a lower-cost alternative dispute resolution mechanism that it was planned to be, the mediation merely prolonged the, the city's financial distress and ultimately may be seen to have increased the cost of the bankruptcy by adding yet another layer of administrative cost onto the city before the bankruptcy was filed. Right, right. Now, if the... Um if the city doesn't plan to take on the public employee pensions and the powerful CalPERS system as opposed to retiree health benefits, as has been reported, uh, what do you think would be the city's likely plan to restructure? Who is going to, who's going to take the hit in the restructuring plan? Well, certainly people will be taking a hit as as has been said before, bankruptcy is a zero-sum game. There's only so many dollars here to spread among the creditors. So if, the, if, in fact, the public employee pensions are not targeted and are not reduced, I think what the city will do is to first look at its retiree health benefits, which they've apparently already done. It's been reported that the city notified its beneficiaries that beginning Sunday, health premium benefits payments will be drastically reduced for the next year and will end at the end of the year. Uh, the city does administer, as I understand it, its own medical plan, so they do have quite a bit of leeway with respect to med, uh, the retiree health benefit plans in terms of reducing it and reformatting it going forward. So I think that is probably their first and most significant target, followed up by zeroing in on the on the bond debt to determine how much of that bond debt can really be restructured. It's a little bit unclear to me at this point in time what they're going to be able to do with the bond debt because there are reports that some of the bond debt might be in effect secured by liens on guaranteed revenues to the city such as user fees and that sort of thing. Uh, if that turns out to be the case, there might be some limitations placed on the city's ability to restructure some of their bond debt as well. And we can expect that the the uh, bondholders and their lawyers would vigorously resist uh, any such plan in bankruptcy court, right? Certainly at the outset they will, and I think that was the case in the Vallejo bankruptcy as well. Mm -hmm. So generally you're describing a um, a, a bit of pain sharing um, with possibly the exclusion of the public employee uh, pensions. Um, you know, frequently we, we are, are asked about um, why, why doesn't um, 
a municipal government facing this sort of question also consider raising revenues, raising the, the, the income side uh, of the equation? Um, what are the uh, practical aspects or limitations of uh, just a, a city or county raising taxes? I think the problem is you can raise taxes as much as you like. The problem is then collecting those taxes and figuring out how to approve the increase of those revenues depending on what your local, state, and municipal laws are with respect to increasing your taxes. Uh, as I understand it, Stockton has been one of the most hard-hit areas with respect to real estate foreclosures, which leads then to an inability to collect taxes as they have come due perhaps over the last few years on real estate, residential real estate property. There's probably some commercial real estate distress there as well. And so raising your t effective tax rate on real estate at a time when record numbers of homeowners are losing their homes will not have the desired effect of increasing your revenue overall because you because of the collection issues inherent in the foreclosure process. Politically unpalatable as well. Oh, sure. It's going to be very difficult to get the votes that you might need in order to increase taxes, not just on real estate, but any type of tax, including a sales or use tax, uh, especially mm -hmm. in the face of some of the record high unemployment that various areas have been experiencing over the last three years. The, the uh, city, as part of its plan, will also uh, doubtless... Uh, uh, attempt to demonstrate that it's cutting its own uh, budget as well, and and uh, but even there, there are limits. Uh, I presume, particularly with respect to budget cuts that might affect public safety issues. Uh, you know, police service in a city that already has a fairly high crime rate, uh, as California cities go. Is that fair to say? I think there will be a lot of public opposition to further cuts because the media has done a very good job of covering the cuts that Stockton has made over the past several years of, as they've tried to react and to restructure their budget in an out-of-court fashion. Uh, if you look at the Vallejo bankruptcy, they did the same thing. They cut back significantly on their public safety personnel. They closed a number of firehouses reduced their library services and other public services. And it was quite draconian at the time. A lot of people predicted the worst for the city. And in some ways, they, the city obviously did struggle, but I've seen a number of articles recently indicating that the austerity measures that were put into place by that city as it went through its bankruptcy and has come out of the bankruptcy have resulted in some improvements that have led to the reopening of some of their firehouses and the rehiring of some of their public safety personnel. And I would only hope that the same would be true of Stockton, that whatever dramatic cuts they need to make now could gradually be adjusted uh, as they come out of bankruptcy and their revenues and, and expenses have a better match. With, uh, with regard to the public uh, pensions, um, reports are that uh, just as in Vallejo, um, Stockton's uh, planners have uh, put them off the table um, at this point. Um, is, that, um, is it reasonable to expect that um, public employee 
pensions uh, would emerge from this bankruptcy process unscathed? I think that's a really interesting question. The coverage that I've seen seems mostly stacked on the side of believing that those pension obligations are sacrosanct and cannot be adjusted, whether in bankruptcy or outside of bankruptcy, due to the terms of state law and and the provisions of the various contracts that apply to those obligations. I think that in the Vallejo bankruptcy case, they were ultimately able to resolve the case without attacking those pension obligations, but the same may not be true in Stockton's bankruptcy. So it's possible that we will see a challenge to those pension obligations by Stockton, in part because there are so few dollars here to go around, and and it's just a bigger case all around. So uh, I think it would be an interesting battle to see whether or not those pension obligations can be set aside or adjusted in some way. Mm -hmm. Certainly the public's perception of them uh, uh, being uh, sacrosanct uh, may be shifting if uh, recent ballot initiatives approved in San Diego and San Jose are any indication where uh, the voters uh, uh, approved um, reforms of, of public pensions that would that would cut some of those pensions. Maybe uh, uh, that might be uh, a factor in Stockton's future? I think it's going to be a factor in Stockton's future and, frankly, in, in many municipalities across the United States. It's all well and good to set up extremely generous pension plan obligations when it appears that there is an unlimited projected revenue situation, but I think everyone has seen since 2008 that no matter where you are in the United States, you're not safe from the economic pressures that have befallen the country, and therefore I think planners will be much more cautious in the future in reviewing these pension obligations and determining whether they need to increase those benefits or perhaps change the programs entirely if they can. Now that the city is in Chapter 9, um, what happens next, and specifically how does the process differ from the Chapter 11 process that you're so familiar with? Well, that's an interesting question, actually, because there are quite a few differences between a Chapter 11 bankruptcy process and a Chapter 9 bankruptcy process. Uh There's no provision in Chapter 9 for the liquidation of of assets of the municipality, so we're not going to see a 363 sale here, obviously, and it also can't be converted to a Chapter 7. So whatever happens in this case is going to be a reorganization plan that's ultimately either approved by the creditors or approved by the court over the objection of some of the creditors. Other differences are that um, you won't see a first meeting of creditors here because that that meeting that all of us are so familiar with in the Chapter 11 context, which gives creditors a chance to come and ask questions of the debtors, will not happen here. It's not part of the Chapter 9 process. And I would say overall, the supervision that the court has and the authority that the court has in a Chapter 11, or excuse me, in a Chapter 9 case over a municipal debtor is significantly less than the court's power is 
in a Chapter 11 situation. So the bottom line is that even though the bankruptcy has been filed, the pressure will still be on the leaders of the city of Stockton to negotiate with their creditors and figure out how to resolve their various disputes and and find a way to reach an agreement with respect to the payment of their debts. So it's still a negotiating process, uh, very very similar in that regard to Chapter 11. Right. I, I think the benefit of, of the bankruptcy filing, though, is it does give them some protection of the automatic stay. It gives city leaders now a procedure that they can follow. All of the creditors have notice of the case and, and will get counsel to understand how the process works. And it will become an even more transparent process as time goes by. So sometimes when everyone gets a better chance at understanding how much revenue, how much there is available to pay the various claims against the estate, uh, it makes it easier for creditors to make the hard decisions that have to be made in order to accept less and, and reach an agreement on, on a payment process. After uh, Vallejo and now uh, Stockton, uh, is there any uh, sense about the effect on access uh, to the bond markets for California cities going forward? Yes, I think there is something of a fear that California has become a flashpoint for municipal bankruptcy filings, which will have potentially a downward pressure on the bond ratings of cities in California and may make it more difficult for other cities in California to raise revenue through issuing bonds. And that is unfortunate because it could then trigger even more financial distress among the municipalities in California, uh, causing even more to have to consider filing. I mean, even since uh, Stockton, uh, another uh, smaller uh, resort city in California has filed for bankruptcy, right? That's correct. Mammoth Lakes filed due to a $43 million judgment that was entered against the town. Uh, and it looks like they attempted to mediate with the judgment creditor but were really unsuccessful. So uh, they ended up filing simply because the judgment creditor kept going back to court to try to get some court order to execute on the judgment. And the city apparently felt it had no choice but to file bankruptcy and, and gain the protection of the automatic stay. So I guess the bottom line is, um, as uh, uh, distasteful um, and unpleasant as a Chapter 9 might be, uh, sometimes uh, the uh, city officials or county officials um, uh, just are out of options, uh, not just in California, but we've, we've certainly seen it in other parts of the country you know, as well. Right. It appears that Mammoth Lakes was driven by the by the judgment, but they also went to some of their other creditors to try to enter into negotiations prior to the filing, and those attempts at mediation were unsuccessful, which I think, just like the situation in Stockton, it's, it's almost, it, it's sometimes very difficult to go into a mediation outside of the protections of bankruptcy and expect people to accept less than full payment on their debts. Understood. Well, Lynette, that is uh, all the time we have for today, but we thank you very much for explaining some of what to expect in the aftermath of uh, stock and bankruptcy. Thanks for your time and insight. 
My pleasure. Good talking to you, Sam. And we thank our audience for listening. There are more than 100 podcasts posted to our website at abi.org. Until next time, this is ABI Executive Director Sam Giordano saying good day. Thank you.